How are you? You alright? I am very well, mate. I've been looking forward to this all week. I've quite literally been the same. Uh, two nights on the bounce doing podcasts, which usually would get me in the, the doghouse. But Sophie's like, it's not about games. Oh yeah, go and do that. It's fine. Oh wait, it's, it's, not, like, it's well, not about games. Shit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> partly is. I think we can we can probably get away with it. Um, so just literally looking at the songs that you kind of suggested before, you had Dave, uh, Evidence, Cuts by DJ Revolution, obviously. Mm-hmm. Evelino. Evelino? Evelino? Evelino. Evelino. Yeah. Avelino. Yeah. Abracadabra, Pusha T, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Kalashnikov. I'm not even going to try and say this second person on that, otherwise I'll embarrass myself. You can probably say it better than me. Yeah, I think it's Dangoff. Sc- Scribbler, Dangoff and Kaiser Say So, I think. Why, why rap, Ben? Why rap? <sighs> well, <laughs> good. Uh, that's a good question. I, I just, I am always loved it. I think that's the first thing that I loved. Like, mm. whatever it was, toys, cartoons, that was the first time. And and we're talking like, like I'm old. We're talking late 80s, <laughs> probably like 86, 87 like listening to my brother's old records uh how old are you i'm 39 so i'll be yeah 40 next year which is so nice. yeah god yeah and i was born in 87 and you were yeah. listening to tunes then that which yeah. uh, makes me feel a bit yeah. harsh about saying that now i mean i was still a kid <laughs> obviously but um yeah yeah i've got my brother's 10 years older than me and he mm. was into i mean he was into every he'd, he'd like listen to bros and madonna and loads of shit as well but he would listen like whenever he'd play like uh like slick rick and dougie fresh the show which has got like mm. the inspector gadget music on it like as a sample and i was like oh my god i, I like that cartoon i know that music uh. and i just and, and then most of that song is like beatboxed as well mm. by dougie fresh and i was i was like how are they making these sounds and it yeah it from that point on it was like love so what was it like tapes Literally tapes. just tapes and tapes and tapes and reams well, of tapes. Yeah, I mean, it was whatever records my brother would buy. Hmm. And just, I, could, I've, I have ruined so many of my dad's record players from just trying to scratch <laughs> and like his old like, belt drive record players. I've blown my dad's speakers countless times. I must owe him thousands. Because they would like go, out, you know, I'm talking when I was a little bit older, they'd sort of go out. So I'd get all like my brother's records out or even my dad's old like soul records by the time i'd worked out that's how hip-hop was made i'd i'd be like right get old because my dad was a dj um yeah so he had, okay yeah like, my dad was the year oh cool yeah. so he had like crates of old disco records and mm. things like that so i just go through them and try and make them sound like like hip-hop on his <laughs> record player that wasn't supposed to be scratched to fuck and uh <laughs> Yeah, and it just it just all came from that really, just making a nuisance of myself. And that that's I'm guessing those uh that's like that. So I was gonna say though I was gonna say those boxes were they like the the silvery kind of metal ones with a load of records in, or were they more like? I can't remember. That's what my dad used to have. Yeah, I mean I've I've got most of his old records here, and most of my brother's old records because I've just stolen yeah. them throughout the years. And he, I can remember this one crate of forty fives that my dad had that mm. he would just had like his his dj alias like a sticker on the side of it with his phone number at the time like proper old this is like from the 70s yeah yeah and he just walked from gig to gig with this uh yeah this little crate of you know the little 45s 
and he was I can remember him saying yep yeah, and I every at the start of my set I used to play the Jaws uh, Jaws theme song <laughs> and all the lights would go down and I just walk because my dad's a big bloke and I yeah. just walk on stage <laughs> and he had like massive like almost like an afro kind of haircut and uh, he would just sort of walk on stage like he was the bollocks and um, to this Jaws music that's <laughs> like and as a kid I was like wow that sounds cool I bet you were really cool dad but probably not to be fair but in hindsight yeah. a little bit creepy <laughs> a bit creepy a bit rapey dad <laughs> there's only three people in there so alright dad what are you doing yeah and that's um, how we met my mum yeah well there we go that's mm. the end of the series um, now like my dad yeah DJ'd quite a bit his, uh, his DJ alter ego wasn't very sexy it was called blast from the past and it was just like i had like amazing times him well my mum and him broke up when i think i was five mm. uh we lived in germany that's where i was born for like two years and we moved over but yeah music was always a massive part of my upbringing and it was soul um just wall-to-wall soul but he did a lot of commercial stuff when he was djing which he didn't really enjoy right um but yeah, a lot of his mates were DJing in like Cream and stuff in Liverpool and like wow. the Paradox, which is like big, big clubs around here. Uh, but he was always just like happy to do his like soul stuff and like yeah. get the uh, get the people moving. He just loved reading a room. Um, so it's just like pro- proper charismatic. But bringing it back to rap then, uh, how did that evolve from listening to it to actually becoming like a lyricist and getting into rapping? Because originally when I first listened to music, I was like, all right, Ben must do the, you know, the, the audio for this and mm. he's the one making the beats because, you know, the white guy from London can't be the rapper. You know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. No, that's Ben. That's Ben rapping. He's yeah. very, very good. Well, a white guy from Lowestoft, which is like the least street place you could ever go to. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I, I mean, and it was weird to start with because yeah. nobody else was into it. It was like a fad like people hmm. no, until relatively recently people thought it was a fad and people yeah, just yeah. thought well yeah the kids are into this this hip-hop thing and all this break dancing and graffiti eventually it will it will fade away like it always does um so yeah i was like it was me and maybe one other mate who was like half into it hmm. and that was it um but I, I the reason i got into kind of making it I mean, you could probably relate to this. It's probably just... <laughs> I like getting praise for making mm. stuff. And I from from as young as I can remember, like I can remember taking... Every day I'd take pictures of that I'd drawn of Ninja Turtles to my teachers and go, look at this, look mm. at this. Look, I made this for you. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, that's amazing. I'd be like, oh, shower me. <laughs> and, I, and literally any time I did something good, whether it was like... You know, I wrote a poem, took it home for my mum to read. And mum would yeah. just go, oh my God, you're so clever. Oh, what a clever little boy. And it's literally just that. It's just that, well, you're, you start believing in yourself that you can just do absolutely anything. Yeah. And I love this thing. And, and it's, you know, if I was into reading, I would go like, well, I'm going to write a book now. Like, <laughs> it, it just, it just feels like that. Like, oh, I, I, I like this. I could do this. And at, at no yeah. point have I ever kind of thought, okay, this is just something that I enjoy and I consume and that's the end mm. of it. Like I want to be involved. I want to be like contributing to it and seeing what I can make from this thing that I'm passionate about. 
It's yeah. It's weird. It's just mm. basically narcissism at the end of the day. Simple as that. It is, isn't it? Um, are you seeing the kids like have similar traits to yourself? Is there anything kind of vibing with them at the moment where they're into the same type of music and ruining your, well, it won't be vinyl, but throwing yeah. your iPhone around? Oh, it's not even an iPhone. You're not even with the cool fan, are you? <laughs> yeah. They, um, yeah, they're both really into music. It's lovely. Like, I'll get, yeah, yeah they'll, like Kingsley loves dancing, like, he, well, when he's allowed oh, yeah, to, he course. does like street dance and, um, yeah, he's, he just loves it. He'll listen to music all day, like mm. on holidays and stuff. He'll sit there with his headphones on, on the plane, just listening to music, you know, and he was like six at the time. That's something that a teenager would do, you would think. Um, mm. And Corey, my youngest, is like, we'll get in a car and he'll just say what song he wants to listen to. Um, so they re they both really like the Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. Banger. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like Corey will say, when I'm not there, Corey will say to Stacey the name of one of the songs off that. And then she'll phone mm. me and go, he wants to listen to Do Do Do? What's that? And I go, oh no, that's Start a Riot. It's on the Spider-Man soundtrack. Play that. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's <laughs> his favourite song is um, Shut Down by Skepta. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she run around saying ring ring. Yeah. <laughs> like... And so I'll play it in the car and then I'll sort of cough over the bits that he shouldn't be listening to. Um, but yeah, he's, he's young enough. Skepta's to not too bad. No, that, yeah, that particular song is fine, really. There's a couple yeah. of questionable words, but yeah. But mate, considering what we probably grew up on, like, I remember um, we, we holidayed quite a lot in caravans, which explains a lot. Um, but yeah, Same. holiday in caravan. Yeah, half and why more in Haven uh, in, uh, in Wales. Big up. And um, I remember getting two albums, and Pete will probably remember this if he's in the chat. But we got uh, Marshall Mathers LP, and I got the what was the other one as well? It was Limp Biscuit Hot Dog Flavored Water as well, right. uh, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Hot Dog Flavored Water. I remember like Mum and Dad kind of knew Rolling, and they were like, "Okay, we'll Rolling. We've heard it. It bleeps out quite a bit on the radio. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, well, it's okay with that." And I kind of got away with Marshall Mathers LP because of that. I got both. And then I remember like maybe three days into the holiday, like half seven at night, going to bed and then hearing them listening to it. And go, oh my God, he just said the F word. <laughs> he just said the C word. He just said the F word again. He's killing his wife. He's doing this sort of stuff here. Oh, but that's Dido. And then it was just like acceptable. <laughs> uh, I remember my dad buying the CD about two and a half weeks later. Mm. He never told me until I was like maybe seven or eight years after that because he was too embarrassed like be like oh shit that was really really good but yeah what was like the uh the seminal album when you were growing up what was the thing that was getting bumped like back to back <sighs> every week wow it was uh it's probably doggy style by snoop like uh, that was i mean and that is a disgusting album like, if you listen to it's it now <laughs> like the misogyny <laughs> and everything else um but at the top i mean it still holds up like production wise it's yeah, yeah, yeah. flawless and uh, like the chronic before it. But yeah, that particular album, it was like, fucking hell, this is cool. Because I was into yeah. more like De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, kind of like hippie, Daisy yeah. Age kind of rappers before yeah. that. And then I heard this sort of really hard West Coast stuff. 
And that that was me from then on. I was like, right, this this is what I love now. <laughs> like, I want to I want to get a pager. I want to start dealing drugs. This is amazing. Um, yeah, walking around like, the walking around the house with a bag full of candorel. Yeah. Here you go, mum. What what you want? Like even to the point, and it, like this is fucking proper nerdy shit. But my me and my <laughs> mates would we go down the local basketball courts. We take a flask of gin and juice with us. We just really and we play like that <laughs> album out loud and it's just like oh, that was we were just that into it and by that time it had become a bit more popular because obviously like the skating scene people yeah, are into yeah. cypress hill and they kind of like mm. fused those worlds a little bit so suddenly my of it just being me and maybe one or two other friends there was loads of people that were into that kind of scene then um yeah so that was the scene cool. was huge yeah, it was yeah. I mean, it kind of, I think your generation, your generation, Fuck off. our generation, sorry, <laughs> mate, uh, kind of paved the way a little bit. <clears throat> it made it more acceptable because I think people were less like prudish by the time that we were kind of growing up a little bit longer, a little bit later, I should say. And it was only a couple of years. I mean, most of the same cartoon cartoons you and I probably watched, although there seems to be a bigger gap now between my age group and people that are a similar age gap to you mm. and I. Um, but... Yeah, I, I joined a basketball club in Southport because I was like, okay, rap music, got to yeah. start playing basketball. I was wearing like Trace McGrady basketball shoes, thinking I was the bee's knees, buying yeah. two pairs, the white and the black ones, so we could mix them like Trace McGrady. Uh, bought a Wizards Jordan shirt, which in hindsight was the most fucking stupid. I was a fat child wearing a Wizards Jordan shirt. <laughs> Uh, if anyone was going to get bullied, it was that guy, but I purposely did it, dyed my head bleach blonde because I was mm. just like, this is the thing, this is what people want to do. Um, and at the same time as like, I was listening to a lot of rap, I was starting to play a lot of guitar and heavy metal music and starting to get into that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, yeah and I, th- I thought I'd be dead cool playing basketball. And it was just a group of like 12 Filipino people who were amazing. And then they just run rings around me. So I was like, this isn't what I imagined, Ben. Um, but yeah, can I evolving from that then so at what point did you think you said okay well i'm good at this i've got that praise that's coming in people want out you know i want to make sure that i try and make people happy and that smile did you meet a mate and it was this kind of clicker moment where they were making beats because i know you've got that that friend in the group that does that no i so i basically resigned myself to never putting anything out because i hmm. all i i didn't have i didn't know how to make the music side of it um and I, di- I didn't know anyone like there was no one nearby and i wasn't like talking to people on the internet then so it was like yeah. well this is just something that i do as a hobby and keep it to myself i'd have like pages and pages of workbooks of where i'd written songs and stuff. really yeah but never thought i'd do anything with them um then i think it was like mini discs when they came out and you mm. could loop up the whole like intro section of a song and basically make an instrumental out of it. Yeah. So I was I started off doing that. So I'd take like like the first four bars of What's the Difference by Dr. Dre and just repeat that first four bars over and over again and then rap over the top of it. In yeah, an American yeah. accent at the time. So if I ever find <laughs> that mini disc, I'll have to play you that. Um I was going to say you'll have to burn it and then like, <laughs> never let anyone else ever hear Mate, it. Mate, it's ridiculous. I was like basically <laughs> trying my hardest to do my best exhibit impression, I think. And it was just like, oh, cringy. Yeah, but um, trying to find your fucking voice, that's hard. Yeah. Especially when you're growing up on the West Coast stuff. Like, it's like trying to then 
personify that into something that you think is going to be acceptable. Yeah, it's rough. That's the thing. And I think it was probably not until... Actually, on the PlayStation 2, there was MTV Music Generator 2. And I started making original beats from that. Like, it came with this, like, hardware sampler. So you could actually plug plug music into it and sample it into the PS2. And that's when I started, really? like, making my own loops and my own, like, sampling breaks. On a PS2? Yeah, from my dad's old records and things like that. And making beats. And you could record your vocals into it as well if you plugged the microphone in. Um so I did that, and then it wasn't until I went to uni that I purchased like an MPC, which is like a drum sampling drum machine. Yeah. Did a bit of research, bought one of them secondhand from this guy in Bradford or something, and uh, <laughs> and just and just literally, I would just sit in my room at uni, just learning how to use this really pretty complicated piece of equipment from somebody with no musical background whatsoever and i was just sat there sampling records and every weekend i'd go to like charity shops try and get a few records try and make something out of it and that was that was uni for me i was literally just sat yeah largely by myself just learning how to make music and not not much else really definitely want to like come back to that kind of feeling later because that that abundance of time which we probably shouldn't have had at uni if you're anything like me you yeah. probably should have been studying more or doing all the wonderful things that we should have but really that that kind of that time to be able to focus on that creativity yeah it's something that you do struggle with but kind of get to that but so getting back onto that journey then so when did you kind of have that breakthrough obviously was, was it the ps3 ben was that really <laughs> what was it was it um, 360 what was the what was it it was to be honest it was probably just it was getting into more UK centric hip hop at while I was yeah. at uni, making me realize, okay, there's people that sound and look a bit like me that are making stuff that I like. So I definitely am okay to do this, mm. but as long as I'm doing it authentically, as long as I'm not pretending to be, you know, poor or anything that I'm not like, if I can just be myself, then I can kind of hold my head up around everyone else that's on that in that yeah. pretty small scene. Um, so I just did. I just mm. kind of said to my mate, "Right, I want to do this." He like he's always been there with me doing it, although he's never given as much of a shit. I've kind of just said, "Come on," because I didn't want to do it by myself. I just didn't have the yeah. balls to do it by myself. So. Um, so yeah, he kind of reluctantly let me like write some verses for him. So I'd go, right, this is this is this song. I want you to do the second verse I'll, and I'll record it for you and you just have to copy how I do it and then take as many takes as you want. <laughs> but like, I am not going on stage by myself. So you need to fucking learn how to do this. Um, and yeah, and he did. And then we put it out. Uh, I, this is obviously pre-kids as well. So I had time to get in contact with people and really try and promote it and speak to DJs and speak to promoters and stuff like that and go to gigs every week and uh, and perform. And I had like the hunger to perform as well. And it was, it was fun. Just, I was going to say just roughly how many gigs did you do in total? Oh, probably only about 30, something like that. Yeah. 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 Still a lot though. Yeah. It was, yeah. For that small period of time where it felt like, 
bloody hell, people actually know who we are. There's, mm. there's, I mean, there was shows where there was people in the front row singing along to stuff that I'd yeah. written at home three years ago. And that's just, <laughs> that was like, this is, this is fucking cool. Like we were playing at the jazz cafe in Camden and it was rammed. Oh really? We were just a yeah, support yeah. act, but it was completely rammed. And there were, everyone was into it. And we did like, it was like a 90s themed night. So we were doing like <laughs> okay. 90s versions of our songs, like over beats really? that they would have heard before. Um, and it was just, it was incredible. Like we've got some video footage of it and I love just watching it back now and again, like. You still get those like, chills, don't you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, never yeah. my favorite part. The mm. performing side. It was like, always just like being by myself writing mm. just tinkering with beats and stuff like that like trying to get everything perfect um but yeah you do get a buzz when it goes down well when it's shit it's really shit yeah yeah like, i think it's same with bands like yeah. um uh, and pete's probably laughing his head off at the moment uh watching this but him and i have like played god must be about 50 60 gigs together so not not much more than what yeah. you've done um fucking just crack that can open what are you drinking by the way Club Tropica, of course. Can't, can't not do a, a Crossplayers-esque podcast and not talk go. about what beer we're drinking. I'm still, on the, I'm still nursing this Elvis juice. So I've got like three cans left, which I'm pretty impressed with. It's lasted a while. Um, on the band side, like, it's because I used to write a lot of the songs and then I was in a band where I was playing guitar. I wasn't singing. And then the narcissist in me was like, we could sing. I was like, Gollum, we could sing. Why don't we sing? Let's buy an outfit. We should buy an outfit. Um, and then, yeah, getting on getting on stage for the first couple of times, like doing it on yourself. And I remember like we started in uh, a bar called like the Head, I say a bar, a shit pub called the Head of Steam. And like we built up and we started playing gigs like the Zanzibar Club, um, which is uh, run by a guy called Tony who passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and then we played like pretty much every single big event or venue in liverpool mm. and we got to the point where we we're selling cds at gigs to people that knew our songs and mm. they were like we've come in. and it sounds really silly but there were a couple of girls there and they knew who we were and they were like oh we're following you on twitter yeah. and we were like shit and this this is amazing and one of the twitter accounts i've got which i think is like a cross players backup one it might be the, the switch island one now that i've moved the name over to but i've got like 2600 followers on it and we had really good group of people and yeah, man, like, it was so much fun. But I was the same as you. The The gigs were great, but nothing beat the feeling of coming up with something different. Mm. And because it's such a frustrating process of, like, writing music, when you go away from it really frustrated, like, you've sat there for maybe an hour or two and um, you've been playing the guitar, trying to come up with a riff, trying to come up with some sort of, um, like, vocal harmony that goes with it, walk away and then you come back to it and then you write something banging. I'm like, this is amazing. I can't wait to go into the practice room with them. And I can't yeah. wait to hear it get recorded and performed in that way. And I think that's where I got more of a kick. The thing that I always struggled with, which is where I got a lot of admiration for yourself, is the lyric side. Uh, Two-pronged. One, couldn't fucking remember them half mm. of the time when I was playing. So I'd just forget them half the way through and then come up with something. Uh, and then two, um, just the actual quality of the lyrics as well. Other than rhyming like the odd kind of thing and try and like girl oh she's my world oh yeah. my god uh build a bear oh my god uh, look at her that kind of shit it was just i like that yeah i never made that breakthrough um personally not right. in a 
a gig kind of thingy. And we did Battle of the Bands. We did all right. But it was, yeah, the main main fun part was hanging out with Pete, hanging out with Mike, hanging out with Ollie, and just like coming up with new shit mm. and then riffing out together. And some of those practice sessions were the best gigs I ever did. Yeah. Because we were a group of four lads hitting on something going like, <laughs> hold on, rephrase that. A group of four lads <laughs> figuring out something together. Ah, the groupies. Ah, like, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking groupies. <laughs> um, literally sat there drinking cans of Dr. Pepper, laughing their heads off. It was just amazing. So, yeah, I get you. I completely get you. Um, but, yeah, 30 gigs. It's no slouch. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I've just played some decent places as well. Like, yeah, I mean, we played, like, not like, you know, <laughs> not like the Royal Albert Hall or anything, but, like, the, the places where you should play as a as an up-and-coming band in London um, and played, like, other, you know, Bristol, Colchester, yeah. Leeds. Uh, yeah, all over the place. It's just... Yeah, the, the, the bad ones are the... It's always the way the bad ones kind of <laughs> stick in your mind. It's like, I can remember doing this <laughs> festival and they put the headline act on before us, which is like basically just throwing us under the bus completely so we we turned up to this funny thing was i <laughs> every other band there was staying at the festival like in a tent or whatever and i i've yeah. never been i like being clean like i never i'm been, with like, you i'm not i'm not getting in a tent and washing myself with wet wipes tomorrow like yeah. so we stayed in a hotel like two miles down Pete, the Pete's, in, Pete's in the uh, chat at the moment going like hold on my fucking stag dude's coming up and it's in the fucking field I'm like, like going Pete don't worry I enjoy it but I do prefer to be clean I'm sorry Pete <laughs> carry on Ben so we so we were there so we kind of you know got our taxi in from the hotel and this you know just before we were supposed to be on stage and um, and we saw like the headline act was on and people were going mental in the tent and it was like wow amazing and then yeah. as soon as they finished, everyone else fucked off out of the tent. And there was like two guys standing there. <laughs> just like that. And we... One we, with his dick out. Yeah. We literally went, yeah. we don't want to be here. Do you really want to be here? And they're like, no. <laughs> so we just gave them some free CDs and got off stage. Uh, it was just, yeah, soul destroying. But yeah, I think the, I think yeah, the uh... best thing is just that coming out of a new idea sharing it with your mates them going fucking hell this is amazing and it's that same thing we were talking about right at the beginning it's that look at this yeah. thing that i made isn't it brilliant aren't i clever and it's just that affirmation just getting it from your friends like same very simple creatures really but i think that's like the perfect segue into kind of what we're doing now and mm. really in terms of like even this this is very much me being like look at what i'm doing to you guys like as much as i'm trying to impress myself and trying to get somewhere like as a group of guys, the the getting all the fucking bullshit all to one side, like the, the idea of a community and all this kind of wonderful stuff that people kind of glamorize. Like we've got a really good group of mates that we like creating content for, mm. and then the pull of all of the other stuff is like, but it would be great to get more people into that group because it just it's partly my fault. I think every single time we get someone that really likes something, I'm like, do you want to come into group? Please? <laughs> And then it's like, you're part of the group now. Um, yeah. And I think that is the kind of friendship kind of circle we've got now with content creating. Is that kind of how you feel about it all? Is it still, or is it a little bit different, a little bit more mature now? No, uh, <laughs> it's definitely no definitely more not mature. mature. I don't know no, mature. <laughs> definitely not mature. That is the wrong word. Um, 
No, it's it's the same thing. Like I, I just I like, I I lo- I'm love making this stuff with you guys. Mm. Like whatever it is that we do, uh, just I enjoy it. I enjoy have like spending time making something that even if one person listens to it or one person watches it and and enjoys it and it i guess that's where it's become less of a selfish thing where it used to be all about like me feeling good about myself now it's half that but the other half is like well if this is helping you amazing and it did feel a bit like that with music because i I did feel like i was writing stuff from more of an everyman perspective than your normal kind of rap or hip-hop would be and it and that was always that was a really good feeling it was like i'm getting like nerds coming to me and going oh this is brilliant oh i understand that reference oh you mentioned ghouls and ghosts in a song oh that's amazing oh you've read bukowski oh that's so fantastic (laughs) all right back off um but (laughs) but like close your mouth and it's the same but it's the same thing that we're doing now it's like if if one person goes oh cool that's this is this is really good fun like like mark in our chat today he said he yeah. doesn't normally like let's plays but he really enjoyed that katana zero one that i've done because i think he just liked laughing at me failing and that and that's enough for me just one person going yeah that was brilliant i enjoyed that yeah but it's so it. different is it it's like yeah. literally the same as what you've done in the past where you're trying to figure something out, whether it's a beat or whether it's a bit of tech now where you're mm. trying to like content create or well, what works for me to kind of be authentic in that same vein like you used to do. Um, that's the hardest part. Yeah. It's trying to find like a niche and a groove where we kind of fit. That isn't, you know, a lot of other content creators or, um, you know, YouTube people where they'll literally find a vein of something that like, like, a gap where they'll come up with something i don't know my top 10 trees to plant an animal crossing yeah. will make five hundred thousand views and get me will get me the views whereas i think for us it's like how hard can i make ben laugh yeah or, you know yeah. how much can i make andrew like like really really enjoy this next hour or you know how can i make lewis feel more comfortable or how can i get steve to like wet himself laughing like yeah. they're the things that feel more um even in the WhatsApp group we've got, like if you, you put something in there and we're all aiming to try and make each other happy yeah. or laugh yeah. in whatever way it is. So yeah, I get it. I completely get it. It's just trying to reframe that as well to go, well, okay, and this is where I struggle and fall down. We're doing brilliant stuff. How do we do better? Or how do we get it out there to more people? It is difficult, isn't it? Like trying to marry that enjoyment that we clearly have and that our... Yeah small group of friends get from it is marrying that to like an ambition to think actually like a confidence like we know this is good yeah like people tell us this is good we enjoy doing it we you know take a lot of time and effort putting everything together we try to make it look like we haven't taken time and effort but we really have (laughs) and um and it would be great if you know those 60 people that watched the last episode of the crosscast put a few extra zeros on the end of it you know that that would be amazing it really would be because i I don't i think that's the it feels like we do have something unique Mm. like (laughs) extremely unique um (laughs) and 
it is a, it is it will always bother i know it bothers you and i a lot that that it's not i think i think you're about to say more and i think yeah i, I yeah. agree probably more because there's an element of there's an element of competitiveness in you that I don't think I see in a lot of other people. And I think mm. that comes from a, a certain kind of upbringing, certain kind of lifestyle, like you are like that naturally. And I think I gravitate towards people that are like that because you tend to get the, I always make a joke about it, but the the narcissist in me, um, <laughs> I, I make a joke about it, but it's fucking accurate. Um, so yeah, I, I get it. I think, it's not like the guys don't care as much because that's completely incorrect. No, no, I no, think no. where where it comes from entirely, it's just it might it might not how to phrase it properly. It it comes from a place of like I want to win, and it's completely irrational. But I just wouldn't want to stop until we were the best at something. Mm. Whether that was writing music, and again, that was a hard kind of lesson to learn when I was younger you come across bands and you listen to bands and you play with bands and you go, dear God, they I can never do what they do. And that's a really hard lesson to learn. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's yeah. a good one to learn when you're young. But when you get older, there is that similar kind of vibe again of like, well, what can I do now to to improve? Or what can I do to try and help push people on? Mm. Um, and without then getting into like a work mode, i.e. doing the same things that I do for a job, it's hard to balance that out. But you tend to do that a lot better than I do. And you tend to be a lot more, like in this group, you're the leader, I'd say, in terms of a voice and the person that actually <laughs> gives people... Gra- I know you don't feel like that, but I do. Yeah. But I, the gravity that I think you give to people is more important than, I, I don't know, the urgency that I try and give. I, if I can be diplomatic about it, I think it's the two of us, really. Mm. But I think the driving comes from you because I, I i i and i think everyone else probably sees you as the leader but i do think in ten like the two of us works well i feel like we're yeah. marriage counseling now i feel like, yeah. thank you for joining the sit down this was just a podcast to get ben to admit that i was the leader thank you ben <laughs> see you later <laughs> fuck you andrew um <laughs> but no i i think that like and all the great like the people that I've worked for, I've worked for people that there tends to be like two people that I will, that are driving stuff. Well, there's one like driver who will motivate people and be the asshole and be, and be like the bad guy. And then there would be someone that would put the arm around people and go, yeah, come on. Like we're all in this together, blah, blah, blah. And I think we compliment each other like that. You know? Yeah, I agree. Definitely agree. I think um, that's a. That's probably accurate. I think the. If I if I've learned anything over the last like couple of years regarding like content creation, I, it's more content creation sounds so poncy, but when you're like making shit, <laughs> regardless of what it is, in this kind of format, you've got to be. If you're gonna you're gonna talk about altruism and get the piss taken out of you for it, you've got to live by it properly. Yeah. And. Yeah. There's negatives to that. I you've got a group of like fifteen people, twenty people, who have all got a kind of an equal stake in some of this, who don't have equal time, don't have equal responsibilities. Like some people do more than others certain months. That's a hard thing to 
to manage and balance. I think when you want to, when you've got the tonic t- like character type to push something forward. Yeah. And I think that's where, yeah, you, you balance it really, really well. And I think it complements certainly the, uh, the fury that I tend to have like now and again, which I think I'm getting better at. You, I, well, that's right. what I was going to, I was about to say that you, you've definitely in the few years that I've known you, you've calmed down, I would say like mm. you will pause and think and ask, is this the right thing to do? Like, is this going to help or is this going to fuck everything up? <laughs> and, you know, and you, and you do do that now. And that's, and I, you know, the other side of the coin, I think I've learned from you that you can't always be the nice guy. Like you do, I, like I'm definitely more of a cock having met you. <laughs> that's the best compliment i could ever fucking get (laughs) love you mate thank you for that uh i think yeah i i don't know where to go with that now jesus christ (laughs) here goes my uh my acumen now for trying to host the podcast like yes you're right definitely and i think the the weird thing is like if there is anyone from from my work watching this then they know what i'm like in work i tend to be like the most diplomatic i get called like the lobbyist like the politician in work because i'm level-headed i'm the one that's trying to mediate a lot of the time um trying to see if you know the shoe on the other foot kind of stuff but when it's us guys and when i see potential and that's a word that you and i use a hell of a lot when Mm. we talk um when you can see potential like andrew's fucking fantastic the books he writes like literally i've read you know the dream cashier one cover to cover like four times and i'd sit there and it's (laughs) sorry andrew you're probably gonna exclusive on the podcast at this point it's my toilet reading material where i'll literally i'll go and thumb through a couple of pages while i'm sat there and you know go through it um and it's because it's just it's comfort food again i talk about that a lot but it's a great great book to 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 read and i think i look at steve and his voiceover work and i think man like even last night when we're on the podcast and austin was like going oh oh, you sound like you're doing a voice so you're a voiceover person and steve kind of went hmm Mm. I could see it tweaking in him and I could yeah. see that kind of like realization of like shit I'm really really good at this like like Pete is my best mate and whenever I see the way he works and uh, obviously in his line of work like the realization that I'm getting good at something like I could fucking cry when I see people get that way yeah, yeah, yeah. so as much as I compliment being a twat with people it's that that uh, empathy I think towards like seeing people succeed it's that brilliant. frustrates me even more yeah, and that's yeah, where I'm like... It, but it is frustrating because you... You... Like, we we have got all the pieces in yeah. place that we could be, you know, up there with, you know, these big kind of YouTubers and podcasts and stuff. We, re- mm. we really do. And I don't think... I don't think that's just blind self-belief. I think everyone yeah. has got something. Like, like Lewis, I could just listen to Lewis talking all day. Yeah. Not understand any of it, but I could listen and try, and like, I, like he's just like the warmest yeah. person I've ever met. Like you just gravitate to him, like you just I just want to hug him all the time. Yeah, and and it's the same. Like all the lads have got really unique talents, and I know we all take the piss out of each other, but it's like that. There, this is a special, special group. It's really huge. Is. I mean, every single person in that group, and it's the um, 
it's it's trying to nurse the right stuff out of it. And I think, like you said with Lewis, he's just between between a couple of you. Like I'd say, you're very, very, very close mates. You know, more so than you know, people hold very dear to myself. Like it's I, it's insane how we've met over the internet and we've actually created that bond. Mm. And I think that's one of the really special things over the last couple of years. And something that will always get me, you know, hyper emotional, hyper happy especially over lockdown i we literally had each other and i'll always always remember movember not just for the you know the personal kind of importance of it but also because we had a group of people there that put fucking no effort into maybe three quarters of that month and then at right right last minute i was shaving my head you guys were on streams we were laughing our heads off yeah having an absolute ball as a as a group um yeah that was special what I mean, trying to reframe it back to kind of your experience with it, but what's been your highlight? Has it been kind of like your emergence? Because obviously you did the switch play stuff and then kind of dipped your toe in there. Was that where it started, or did you did you do anything before that? Uh, oh God, um, I think it Hold was on. like it was emergence first, then highlight after. I'm trying to get better at this, so let's fucking no, no. ask questions. It was right, so I think it was. Fucking hell! This this is gonna this is gonna come back to the same narcissism again. But it was <laughs> it was when the switch came out, I started getting into podcasts like, mm. and I was like listening to the Adam Buxton podcast at the time, and then I think I pre-ordered a switch and thought, oh, I'll see if there's any switch podcasts, um, mm. and started listening to a few of them that that had started putting shows out before the switch had even come out. And then kind of just went down that rabbit hole, listening, sort of, uh, and then I think I made a Twitter account in like January 2018, just so yeah. I could follow some of the podcasts that I was into, including the Switch Island. I don't know if you've heard of the Switch Island. No. Um, <laughs> and it was it was just like, I'd, I'd made a conscious decision, right, this year, I am going to start getting into this, like, community. Mm. Like, I, I, this is what I'm into now. I'm, I don't really, I'm not that interested in music anymore. Like this, yeah. like the Switch has had that big an impact on me. It was like, fucking hell, this has reignited like the, my other childhood passion. Hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, so I literally just said, right, I'm going to start putting myself out there. I'd never really been like, like literally prior to January 2018, I didn't have like an online presence at all. Yeah. Like other than promoting the band hmm. I, there was no like i didn't speak to people i didn't do the whole like chat room thing whatever that you know i, I literally that was it like <laughs> I'd, I'd speak to people that i was trying to promote my music to and that was it hmm. and then i basically decided right i'm going to make inroads into the sort of gaming community because these people seem all right and i'm into this now so i should try and I become friendly with them um and yeah by the end of that year i'd sort of started talking like to you guys talking to some mm. other like podcasters and stuff and people that follow you know in, in the, the gaming community um and yeah i think literally i i think i got that um i can't remember if it was when i got that elgato the yeah hd60 and put a picture of it on uh, on Twitter because you can't, you know, what's the point in buying something if you can't post a picture of it, you know? 
Um, so, and you responded with like, join us. And yeah. I was like, okay. And then I was, I was actually I'm reading in. our, our initial DMs the other day. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really nice <laughs> to read that back because we were really oh. like friendly to each other and complimentary. Uh, Nothing like we are now. No. <laughs> and, yeah. uh. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, do you want to come on and have a conversation with us and you know, see if you fancy doing something, no pressure, podcasts, videos, whatever you want to do. And then, um, yeah, I ended up making that 2018 switch up song and video. And I think that was yeah. the first thing I contributed to the Switch Island, wasn't it? That We say it was. I think it was... Um... We approached you and then, well, we, I, I, I saw that and I was just like, cause like Pete was always really tentative over like bringing more people in and like, obviously we, we brought Mark on and it was like really great. Everything was working really well, but that, that urgency was always hitting me of like, we need to move more. We need to do better. We need to, that to be fair, that part's gone now, but at the time you were the first person that kind of brought in and was like, shit, okay spoke to Mark in a car park a couple of weeks ago on the on the telephone and uh, when I was uh, playing football <laughs> fucking weird and uh, obviously yeah he joined it and then you kind of came over and it's like you gave us this video and you'd be like I've really been working on this for ages it's like and you put the logo on it what do you think and I was just like fucking hell this is incredible um and it can't talk about this without referencing Bobby which is something that you and I yeah. kind of like spoke about a couple of times but Mate, that guy, instantly, he was like, can I put this on my channel? Can yeah. I talk about this? Song? Can I do that? Guys, this is amazing. And instantly, like, it was like a lovely, lovely bond that was created. Um, do you remember too much about that when it happened at the time? Yeah, I mean, he... So I think it was Toby that played it to him. I think Toby had come across it and yeah. said to Bobby, there's this, there's this rap song that refer- that's got Sean referenced in it. And like Nintendo dads referenced in it. And I think Bobby heard it and was just like, yeah, went, went crazy and sort of said, like, we have, we have to get, I mean, he obviously didn't know my age at the time. We have to get this kid, we have to get this kid on, like give, give this kid a shot. Um, and and he, he was like messaging me saying, oh, how can we work together? Do you want to do something, you know, yeah, do something with us, put, put you know, make a song of blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, I was like starstruck because I'd spent, yeah. you know, a year listening to this guy. Like, this was incredible. Like, like really, like, hang on, am I, am I peers with you now? Like, you, are we, are we mates? And it, it was the same with you. If I can, I don't mean to boost your ego, but I was don't pretty, like you, you guys were the only British uh, podcast I was listening to. And okay. it was like, and I I loved it because it was just like, yeah. Again, same with listening to British rappers. It was like, okay, this is cool. I could I could do this. I could do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These guys are good. I this is funny. This is intelligent. I like this. And <laughs> funny yeah. and intelligent. I remember that. If we can have that in writing, at all and pop that. On the <laughs> it CV, was. I said it then. was funny and intelligent. It was funny and intelligent. Yeah. 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 Good point. It's Go um. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair he was the intelligent uh intelligent one i'd probably take the claim for the funny one and pete was like literally the intelligent and funny one so yeah, yeah i'll go with that uh then we've got andrew on it all went downhill that was terrible. Yeah. um i think the switch island side of things like even i know we talk about breath of the wild a lot 
and the kind of the way that game got us back into gaming in a way that we kind of didn't expect because it brought that feeling back the thing that i'm kind of wanting to ask people in the gaming community more and more is have you had that feeling since in terms of have there been games that have kind of gripped you in the same way as breath of the wild and not in any way to try and like diminish breath of the wild but almost to kind of amplify where gaming is now as a medium um it is it's difficult to say like i've had like probably most recently like i'm looking at it now the god of war is my desktop background yeah i think if i'd have played god of war after a decade of not playing any video games and without any other video games to distract me i would have gone well this is the most amazing video game of all time yeah it's it's the fact that i'd had this famine and then the feast of breath of the wild on this brand new system that i could play as an adult like not having to sit there in front of the tv and ignore my partner like i could actually you know it worked with my life then Mm. and that that was it could have i think it could have been any game any really good game Mm. like if it was persona 5 god of war whatever it might be if it had come along at that time on that console and was that good yeah it could have been the same but obviously now i'm i've gone from you know not really being that into gaming since probably gamecube era Hmm. from so from gamecube to switch there was fifa basically (laughs) yeah a bit of a bit of titanfall bit of fifa that was about it um and then yeah so when breath of the wild hit it was like wow and there was nothing Mm. else to distract me that was the only game i had apart from you know like snipper clips or whatever whereas now (laughs) it's like yeah i could get i could get an amazing game but i'm also on a podcast now and i've got i don't Mm. want to be talking about this every week and there's, there's loads of other factors at play i've got two other consoles i've got a whole other child you know there's lots of <laughs> lots of moving parts to distract me from focusing on one game and being that invested into one thing now it's just mm. like that kind of choice paralysis as well so kind of gone down never a, happen again yeah i'm gonna say gone down a, a a hole i think that most of us have there in terms of like thought pattern but when something grips and I'm trying to think of something over the last maybe like two years since Jesse was born where I've literally found the game and gone, you know what, this is incredible. This has got something that's going to keep me engaged, um, you know, in terms of like when I have free time and I'm not just sticking RuPaul on the telly. Not that there's anything wrong with RuPaul, fucking fantastic TV show, but like trying to find something that gives me that feeling again. Because I got it with The Witch 3. We spoke about that drunk in a hotel room in London. Uh, recording a podcast with Rich there need to make clear we're all fully clothed um, yeah I got that vibe with The Witcher 3 and it was after buying a, a PS4 and playing Bloodborne and being like I don't really enjoy this I bought a Playstation 4 I play, bought it for FIFA so I could play uh, Kahinde who's like the uh, the manager in the Leeds office him and I could play over over um, online and dick each other I think it ended up like 40 seasons to 3 on Ultimate Team uh, to me uh competitive again but so 
yeah, when when I played The Witch Three, I got that feeling, and it was like this incredible game, this this lovely kind of like these vista views. The the music is just so much more like um, atmospheric than anything else before, and gaming over those couple of years was like bit pop. I think yeah. I played like 400 hours of The Witcher 3 and then it kind of drifted off again and then the Switch was getting spoken about and Pete and I were talking about it in the band room a lot and he was going like Switch coming out probably going to wait a couple of months until it comes out and see what it's like but there's this new Zelda game coming with it it's meant to be amazing mm. so like one night I just started watching a YouTube video about it and I don't know what gripped me I think it was the E3 presentation when it was just Zelda and there was still like a mystery around the game, even though they showed, you know, a shitload of it. And yeah. everything down from like the music to like the Ghibli esque kind of artwork and then the way it kind of worked. I was like, okay, I'm going to get Switch Day One. One to piss Pete off because he's not going to get one. So let's see how it goes. Good and message. I picked, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I picked it up on the, the, the morning of the day we were about to go and fly out to Portugal to look at wedding ve- venues, which is the toriest thing I think I've ever said. And that says something. Um, and yeah, played it all the way to Portugal and was just completely enamored with it. And then played it all the way uh, all the way home on the flight. Bought a Switch controller in Portugal uh, and just like fell in love with this console immediately because of that game. And it was just insane. And I, I talk a lot about the games that kind of followed and proceeded after it, like Horizon and even God of War to some extent because I played Horizon and I was like, this just isn't gripping me. I played God of War for the first hour and I, I couldn't get into it. And then it clicked. And I think with God of War, that was the first time I'd thought about a game and gone, shit, okay. Um, there is more out there than just Breath of the Wild. You know, mm. there are more experiences to have. This medium is going to get stronger over the next couple of years. And... I want to speak about more and more content or more and more subjects around that matter. I want to I want to invest my time into knowing where this medium's going to go. It's a tricky trade-off, isn't it? Because like you want to be able to talk about new experiences and in a way so I, I right, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. Like the only TV yeah. I'll watch is if we're having like a couples night and then I'm like <laughs> okay, well, I'm doing this because, you know, I have a partner and she likes watching Because you've got to. Mm. Like, and it's nice, but I wouldn't ordinarily give myself a pass. Like, I feel like I'm wasting mm. time watching TV. And yes. I always have, so. like, I would, I would go, right, well, I'm, you know, talking years ago, I would go, right, well, I'm going to make music on a Monday night, a Wednesday night, a Friday night, Saturday night. And then we can do something the other nights. Because I I can't sit there and vegetate and watch telly. Yeah. And people will say, okay, but you you do that with video games. Um, hmm. But I think I justify that by, okay, but I am doing it so that I can then talk about it or make content based around it. Like it's not just, it's not just wasting time. It is wasting time. <laughs> it's not just that. Um but I do think there's, so there's that, but there's also like, I think I also chased this, that high that Breath of the Wild gave mm. and I'm deliberately choose to be ignorant about games. Like, I don't know if you, you probably have noticed this, it's pretty obvious, but like I will, <laughs> I will like, 
not watch trailers. Like, I didn't watch the Breath mm. of the Wild trailer. I didn't know anything about it. I knew I loved Zelda. I knew this new console mm. looked very cool, so I knew I wanted one. Um, I didn't watch that that uh, Turtles game trailer that came out the other day. Because I'm like, I'm in. I am so in on that. Like I loved that growing up. Just yeah. one screenshot, knowing the type of game it is, that's all I need to Done. see. I didn't know anything about Persona 5, other than what you'd said about it. Anything about God of War, other than what you'd said about it. Like, I'd like, I think I'm just constantly chasing that surprise and that, like, mm. that high of something blowing me away. Which is, again, mm. why I've kind of staggered. I didn't jump straight from the Switch to the PS5 or the Xbox Series X. I was mm. like, okay, well, I think I'll be pretty blown away if I get a PS4 and an Xbox One. And that will tide me over for a couple of years. And then I can be blown away all over again once the new consoles have matured. And it's crazy. The games that you play with your own mind. But, um, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that thought. It's just... No, yeah. no, no. I, I completely get it. I think it's the... There's probably a, like a fucking German word for it. <laughs> they, they seem to like hit the nail on the head for weird kind of vibes, but it's mm. similar to like when you love something so much, like an album, and someone else loves it, and you're like, oh, I love it a little bit less. Like it's a similar kind of like pull yeah. of how a human being can be constructed. And when it comes to games, like some people that are just built differently, like your your appetite to try and surprise yourself and give yourself that. Let's call it the SNES vibe. Like, because my nan would come home with maybe five or six games. She worked in a charity shop, Roy Castle, um, literally would provide five or six games that she bought for 50p each. And she used to work in there, pay for them, bring them home. And I would play like Double Dragon. Mm. I would play um, Star Fox. I'd play, you know, Super Metroid, whatever it was. Any of these games I'd experienced through literally the look of my nan picking something up in a charity shop, 50 pence or whatever it was for a game the the vibe and the excitement that gave me when I was younger, I didn't recognize it enough. And it was no different to buying like Pokemon cards when I was a bit older of like £2.50 pack, what am I going to get in there? Mm. That excitement is insane. But to then extend that, not just from a, right, I'm going to have an immediate gratification for, oh shit, I've got the shiny card in a Pokemon card to I'm going to get 40 hours, 50 hours, or let's be realistic at that age, weeks months years yeah. of playing this game over and over again and enjoying it like nothing can be that feeling no and that's why um like as much as it's chasing the dragon to some extent yeah. but it's also like well how do you explain that to someone that doesn't know that feeling it's it's alien to them yeah it's weird and like, like the, it causes not conflict at home but it, it's i don't think like Stacy will ever fully understand that. Yeah. Like the same way, even like making music, I don't think she ever really gets the why, why yeah, I feel yeah. like I have to do it. Like, um, but it is, it's that, I don't know. It's the fact that we are making content off the back of it is mm. what keeps me coming back to it and keeps that sort of hunger for it. I don't think I would just, I, I don't think I'd allow myself to just sit and play video games if we weren't doing something else or if it wasn't, hmm. if we weren't all talking about it. 
if it was just me sat playing games by myself i think that would weigh too heavy on me yeah like okay i am i am just a bum now like <laughs> and it would literally yeah. like and i would be hard on myself and be like i i can't do this anymore sorry but and i would stop enjoying it but it's the fact that it feeds into this community and i you get it back and it's it's kind of just cyclical and you talk yeah. about a game you find a new game that no one else has heard of and you get excited about it and then somebody trusts you enough to try it hmm. and they love it as well or or they tell you about a game that they think you would enjoy and it it's yeah it's as you say during lockdown that has been like a, a absolute godsend just yeah definitely a group of mates that already know how to connect remotely because it's all we've ever done yeah but, you know and yeah that's that's been a lifesaver like literally probably a lifesaver for some of us yeah completely it's horrible to think in that way as in but also lovely i mean a lot of like a lot of the struggles i think that all of us have gone through are trying to connect more with people when you are the most distant from them and a lot of my mates probably some of yourself disparate interests nothing like what no. i'm into um a couple of them might play card or you know might play a couple of older kind of games but not to the extent of you know trying to talk about an indie game like hollow knight and then getting lewis banging on about it every couple of weeks so everyone in the group then tries it because it's on sale for four pounds and everyone loves it yeah. like the antithesis of the game club like where andrew was like okay this is what we want to try and do albeit you know uh, an idea that's been you know done multiple times everywhere else it's just it works for a group of people like us and I think because we're then able to champion our thing, talk about it, you know, show the show the people the work that we've done, get that feeling like you said that you did when you were a kid. Yeah. It's no different to what we're doing now, you know, what we're doing now as a group. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, Andrew got us to buy Resident Evil 2 that no one's actually played because they're petrified of the game. But <laughs> when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes to all the other stuff, you know, that we're, we're playing on Game Pass or Overcooked 2 with you guys at the weekend or me playing yeah. Persona 5 and actually getting you guys to get the buzz out of it, like, it's that vibe again. You know, it's it's something that's been immensely important over lockdown. Yeah. Um, lost us in the chat. Uh, yes, lovely having you guys as I don't have a lot of mates available in real life. None of us do. Nope. Not, uh, and that's the thing, is like group of mates like us who are over a certain age that all love games it's um it's rare very rare it's lovely on the lockdown subject mm. uh have you enjoyed it how have you found it <laughs> <laughs> yes we're brilliant hey, yeah. A bit of humor. yeah um no no not at all mm. no i i thought i would and i think for a time i did yeah. um but no no, it's been fucking no. awful. It's been it's been oh, horrible. It's terrible, isn't it? Like, yeah. I'm so bored of going to parks. <laughs> like, I don't care if I never go to another fucking park in my entire life. Like, yeah, they're all the same. It's just trees, isn't it? Just Mate, trees like, and paths and some ducks. Fucking trees and yes, yeah, so some ducks. Although Jesse used to start saying quack quack. Okay. And it and he goes wow wow and it's the most adorable thing in the world and I want to cry every time I hear it. Um, but I was saying this about our house. Like our house is fine. Our house is you know great in terms mm. of it's a lovely lovely house. But I'm sick to death of the fucking house. 
Yeah. Because we've probably been in the house the equivalent of what you would in, you know, a normal house, like four or five years um, over the course of a year. Yeah. So it's it's very, very hard for me not to walk around it and go, don't like that. Don't like the wallpaper. That looks stupid. Just that, that, that over there needs to change. It's been fucking tough. Like it just on a, on a really granular level up to, you know, the kind of the high level part of, I don't really think people understand how much this probably fucked people up. And especially from an employment perspective, I don't think people have like, you know, recognized how hard it is actually working from home. No, I, I mean, I, you know, I speak to a few people in America now and again, and I think there's certain parts of America that basically never really had much of a lockdown. Like, yeah. ah, that coronavirus, yeah, it's all, it's all made up, isn't it? <laughs> um, and I don't think... I d- it is hard to convey without sounding like you're just moaning. Yeah. Like I don't think you can properly appreciate, and I don't. And even when you're in the eye of the storm, I don't think we necessarily can appreciate the ramifications of this. Like what, like what, what it's done for people's mental health. But like, I'm, I'm yeah. noticeably more short-tempered and. Mm. Um, lethargic uh yeah and and just kind of just belligerent and not giving a toss and that's horrible and it's just Mm. because i'm really fucking fed up of being stuck indoors uh it sounds like such a horrible like oh you poor thing having to stay in your nice house (laughs) but like i i I like getting out i like Hmm. going places and um, particularly like for the kids like they're fine they're happy but yeah like you want to show them new experiences and mm. you know take them places get them active and it's really bloody hard even to motivate them like they love going out but now it's a, almost a struggle sometimes because it's like yeah. what are we going to do walk around the block again great yeah yeah well, you can use your scooter if you want. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's mm. been, yeah, really, really just life-changing. But don't, but don't yeah. get me wrong. I think life-changing in a good way as well. Mm. I think there, there are upsides to it. I do think work-life balance is better now. Yeah. You know? I agree. Um, I don't, no, if if we're given the option, I'm sure most people that I speak to aren't or don't have any kind of plans to go back to the office full time. No, but same. I think Agreed. a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll do maybe a day or two in the office. I don't know if employers are going to have something to say about that, but I think mm. I think the world has changed and probably that side of it, forcing these kind of old businesses to get with the times a little bit has probably been a good thing and yes i agree you know why we've proved ourselves for a year as as a country that we can keep going keep working in certain jobs from mm. from home so why do that why do i need to turn up to show my face to sit at a desk so you can see me look like i'm working mm. why not just you know trust trust your employees to work like they have been for the last year so i think that's yeah that's probably one of very few positives that's come from it yeah 
I think without getting too like overtly political, because <laughs> both had a couple of beers and it's uh, five to ten at night and we're probably here for a while. But in terms of the way that the country's handled it, are you happy with that? Do you feel it could have been better? Um, I feel like, it, yeah, I feel like if we'd have had a kind of a stronger hand hmm. uh, to start with, then I think the window would have been a lot shorter. Like if we'd hmm. have just gone, right, this is a, there's a killer virus on the loose. Everyone stay at home. Yeah. Nobody come out until it's gone. Yeah. Like that's as simple as like and as simple as that. You can't go out. If you go out, you're going to get arrested unless you've got a damn good reason. Like and just be just lay down the law, hmm. and just say, you know, because it was the it was the grey areas and the okay, and we're easing now. We're easing. Things are looking brighter. Like that's great, and I understand that you want to. You don't want the economy to stagnate, so of course you want to start yeah. reopening businesses and things like that. But I mean, it's it's prolonged things. That sort mm. of indecisiveness. I think if we'd have just gone, this is fucked up. Everyone needs to stay indoors, otherwise, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. Yeah. Once we've got a handle on it, you can come out again. But we are shutting down. We don't know how long it's going to take. Probably six months. But that probably would have been better than, what, a year we've had of it now? Yeah. Pretty much year off and on. on. Year. Yeah. Even then, the um, you look at the way the other countries have kind of handled it. New Zealand being like the you know top tier, I think, response. And it's just a case as soon as one case is there, everyone's in lockdown. Right. Yeah. Everyone home. Real like firm hand. And I think as much as it's been quite... Um, difficult for people over there and whether regardless of what your political leaning is like there's young people now that can go to festivals yeah there's young people yeah, that can yeah, go yeah. to gigs yeah live their lives kids can go to soft play everyone can go to the beach and you think yeah we probably should have done what they did um that makes sense you know it's i'm not an expert by any definition i'd always say that from a you know a, a medicinal perspective i'm not a doctor but from a common sense perspective seeing the impact that it's had to people's health and well-being i would have preferred to have just locked down for six months seven months whatever it was going to be keep people indoors and then got to that kind of stage of just like yeah this is going to happen but yeah um just try and just try and lift the conversation up because I think um, that is a, a negative subject, and we've we've had a good run this far, Ben. It's been it's been nice. So, uh, <laughs> what's the what's the plan then for when we come out of lockdown from your side as a family guy? As like a obviously pretty damn successful professional. Like, have you got any aspirations that you want to try and do over the next couple of years, or what's the crack? I know you got a wedding to kind of plan for, but other than that, what's your what's the goal? What's the dream? Um, honestly, holidays. Yeah. Really? Quite frankly. You, you like, are big on holidays as well. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> yeah. that's like we, I love holidays, but Stacey, like it is her be all and end all. Yeah. Like she'll go, she'll go to me. Oh, do you fancy maybe going here in August? Blah, blah, blah. 
and I'll go because I, I find it really difficult to get excited about stuff unless it's like happening yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> and I yeah. planning holidays, I absolutely despise, but she loves it. But she'll go, Do you fancy that? And I'll be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she'll be like, you, you don't really care, do you? Should we just not go? You don't care. Like, no, no, I do. <laughs> I really, really want to go away. Um, Is it tomorrow? So yeah. No. Well, you know what, Mike. Come back to me nearer the time. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love. Yeah, I love holiday. I like it, again. It's an upbringing thing. It's like that's why my dad worked hard. It was like, yeah, you know, to pay for a roof over our head and so that we could hopefully go on holiday, maybe once a year, even if it is just a caravan park. It's like that's it. It's Christmas in the winter and it's a holiday in the summer. And that's why, that's what you live for. And yeah, if we can, you know, get away to like the Caribbean or something, just uh, for like even seven nights, 10 days, whatever, just like we're even the kids. Kingsley said to me yesterday, I wish I could open a portal and go to Barbados. (laughs) (laughs) You're damn right, son. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same. Work on that right now because you yeah. could be a genius one day and next Elon Musk, you'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. yeah, mate, I need to talk to you about that because I'm always worried about holidays because as like a young parent still, uh, a parent of a young child, let's be let's be honest, um, <laughs> still frightens the life out of me and I can't imagine it being very relaxing. But are they? Oh, yeah. It, it depends on your mindset. Like, <laughs> I when I'm on holiday... I'm on holiday. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Eat what you yeah. want. Make as much mess as you want. Have some fizzy drinks, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. You want some ice cream? Yeah, have some ice cream. <laughs> like, uh, and that, um, yeah, I, I completely switch off. Like all of yeah. my, you know, wanting, I just, all the, like the, any discipline, everything else just goes out the window. It's just like, I, I don't care. I, I just don't care. Let's let's just have fun, be silly, and just all just have a laugh, jump in the pool. Like literally, we we'll spend all day in the pool. I don't care. Let's play. I'll make a tit of myself. I don't care about all these strangers saying why is this grown man like doing bombs <laughs> into the pool with his tiny little children laughing their heads off. I'm like, I'm I'm just here to be a kid, like, yeah. and that's 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 what I look forward to. So it's. It's as stressful as you want it to be. If you take that with you, like I've 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 taken Corey on, like by myself to Jamaica, like just yeah. me and him on a flight when he was six months old, just me. Right, and him. okay. That's a long old flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, obviously, and a lot of like even on the return flight, the woman was like, "Oh, where's where's the where's the mother?" Yeah, it's, it's, you're just looking after him by yourself. It's like, yeah, he's he's my son. <laughs> like, it's kind of I can do that. Pretty qualified, um, <laughs> but it, it's fine. I, I just think a lot of times things are as stressful as you make them. Like, yeah, it's not great yeah, yeah. if you've got a, you know, a crying child next to you. But he was fine, and I was drunk, so I didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't drunk. <laughs> But no, in a way, because I'm quite a nervous flyer, but having him there, it's like something else I can focus on. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm not yeah. worried about me anymore. I'm just making sure he's cool. 
if I can get him to calm down so I can play a bit of Switch, I'm winning, you know? That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that is basically my life, is, right, can I get the kids to bed? Can I get Stacey watching Silent Witness or some other shit so I can just chill out and play some Switch? Yeah. Quite literally know exactly what that's like. Yeah. But look, mate, in terms of, like, you know how much love and respect I've got for you, and uh, I probably tell you too much of anything but um the way that you conduct yourself i think you're like you're a giant of a man and i'm proud to be your friend and i think the way that you are as a father the way that you are as a man um is a lot of things that like you've tempered me at times which is something that has never never been easy for a lot of my closest mates let alone someone that i met over the internet a few years ago um the reason that i want to do this podcast with you first is because I always wanted to get to know you better and you're one of the few people that I'd be like, yeah, I really want to live near you because I would love going for a pint with you every couple of weeks yeah. and doing that. Say the same for most of the guys in the group, but I think you and I have always had that that kind of connection in terms of where we both want to get to as individuals, although we can't name it and we certainly don't have a ceiling. Um, you know, we've got that kind of mutual respect and I love you for it. So thank you for doing this with me and thank you for making it easy <laughs> to kind of bed no. in and answer questions about shit that was probably i don't know inappropriate or difficult to answer no. i've enjoyed it and yeah you know you know i love you too and i'm proud of all this that you've done and i hope that that's you all right i know yeah it's okay go from yeah. strength to strength and keep it up yeah same okay. with you literally we won't stop can't stop now don't think we've got got an option yeah hold each other accountable um so song that we're going to kind of play out to white noise Mm. talk me through it just before we kind of wrap the shit up (sighs) oh god and can i get your official permission to play this at the end of the podcast as well would that be okay because i think i can do that you can yeah if you need a copy of it like an mp3 of it let me know it's fine but yeah i'll tell you um yeah so this song god this is when was it last year no 2019 we released so my group delusionists we yep. uh released a five track ep um called clouds with a kind of a different sound because it had always been like traditional kind of hip-hop prior to this and we kind of we'd gone off we'd listened to different sort of stuff um brendan one of the guys was kind of making much more kind of modern sounding beats mm-hmm. that i was more into at the time and then Charlie came in as like what the other lyricist um, and we made, he came forward with this. Uh, so it was a beat of Brendan's that I said, right, we need to use this one because this is yeah. incredible. And Charlie went off and wrote something like really pretty introspective about him basically growing up. I think like being born premature and always feeling a bit, insecure because of that because he's he's a small chap um and just always feeling a bit like he's trying to make up for for that Mm. um and it was all very much and he talks about his mum in it and like how she smoked when she was pregnant and all this other stuff and his relationship with women and all all the like really like proper getting into the weeds about his upbringing um and as a as a as a rapper you kind of it's it's a very competitive art form like so he came with this beat that i loved already 
and put this verse with a story and, like that and yeah, a chorus. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. I, I mean, I've always felt like I'm, I'm like the main guy. <laughs> like, now I'm like, now I'm like uh, okay, the, the the stakes have been raised. Um, so I, I kind of just thought, well, I, and then you, and if you listen to, so my verse is the second verse and it's, it starts off with um, me talking about like my, like I took a cue from how he started his verse. He sort of talks about the year he was born. Yeah. And his, and I think I mentioned my date of birth in the first line as well. And then talk a bit about my upbringing. But then it goes into like, sort of like not really caring, being pretty carefree as a kid, but mm. then having my own kid and having, yeah. uh, like, so I, I previously married and that relationship broke down, um, not long after he was born. Um, and that was difficult and that we had, you know, some interesting times based around that. Um, and that, and I had to fight kind of pretty hard to, to get, you know, to be his dad, to be, to have him with me, like half the time, like I had to properly throw everything at it. Um, and that, so that ended up being, you know, my, my take of Charlie talking about his childhood was me kind of touching on mine and then juxtaposing that with like my son's childhood and wanting him to have yeah. this same sort of carefree life and having his dad there to support him in his corner. Um, and that's yeah how that song sort of came about. And uh, yeah, to, and I know that people have, that's been the one that people, including yourself, have said like this kind of hits home um and it's nice to hear again affirmation that it, people kind of get something from it and relate to it a little bit yeah i think from like a, a musical acumen like you're definitely on that group of people that i'd always say you should be better than what you are or you should get more people listening to it than what you do and i yeah. think that's immensely frustrating and heartbreaking as a musician to hear and I know what it's like saying that to someone who's, who's really invested in it, but the story that you tell through a lot of the tunes that you've been making. Um, like ben, you should be writing stuff every week and releasing it. It's not as easy as that, and I know it's not, but for for the quality of the music and what comes through in that, you know, that second verse, like you said, it's, it's heavy as shit in a great way. Um, there's very, very few people that convey, like, emotion through a song and actually keep some sort of authenticity through their voice, um, whether it's yeah. podcasting whether it's music or whether it's just speaking to you like it has today, but I'm going to play music. Otherwise I'm going to get very emotional with you and yeah, end up driving to London and kissing you on the mouth. <laughs> well, let, let me give you one little nugget, last little nugget about that song as well. I don't know if Go for I've it. said this, to, I don't know if I've told anyone this before, but um, if you Ooh. listen really closely before Charlie's first verse, you can hear a baby crying. Yeah. And before my verse, you can hear a baby crying as well, like very yeah. faintly in the background. Um, so before Charlie's verse, that is a recording that I took uh, when Corey was being born. So that's literally the first noise oh, that Corey mate. ever made. <laughs> uh, and then before my verse, it was exactly the same Ooh. thing for Kingsley. So it's like, yeah, 
Really? Literally the first sound that he ever made is before my verse. And the first sound that Corey ever made is before Charlie's verse. Let's just put that in there as a little... Yeah. Thing, just so I can say to them when they get older, it's like that's that's like your first ever noise on that song. Yeah, gave me um, gave me chills then. But part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is there's going to be a lot of people in our lives that we lose early. Uh, <laughs> that's not to scare the life out of you. But what have you heard? If... <laughs> uh, nothing that dark. Let's try and let's keep it. Where's the levity? Um, but if it gets me gets me upset but if jesse can look back at this and see his dad speaking to the lovely people that he knows in his life and you know god forbid anything were ever to happen to either one of us and for people to have this snapshot of what happens and how we are as people and as men um i think that's immensely important but ben love you to bits mate and thank you for this thank you I was born free 1188, early to the world and severely underweight. That's something that I carry with me. I guess the missing KGs weighed heavy on my brain. See, it's hard to assert yourself physically. When you ain't looked the part, I play cards with my dignity. The fun poker, self-deprecating humour, making others think it's safe to take the mick, mate. I'm a loser because I lost something. I've got questions. Is it because my mother smoked the whole time that she was pregnant? And my attitude to women wasn't right, that they would even show an interest was enough to spend the night. It's like I took all I could get. Cause if I didn't, I would think I'd never get it back again Chasing it, making excuses Trying to play it ruthless Defined by my hang-ups like a noose is useless That's how I used to feel Like there was nothing I could offer That was truthful or was real Or honest, I promise to stop this Thinking I don't need a key Cause there's probably a locksmith Probably a solution in the form of a solution Now I know that isn't true I use music for ablution These are my confessions to myself Penance for a sentence of regression Nowadays I'm someone else But that white noise is like static to me It shouldn't matter to me That white noise It's like static to me It really shouldn't matter to me That white noise It's like static to me It shouldn't matter to me That white noise It's like static in the air I really shouldn't care I was born in 82, I was born in 82, raised up in a sleepy town, raised up in a sleepy town, said I'm gonna raise the roof, said I'm gonna raise the roof, they told me to keep it down, they told me to keep it, but I kept it up, went from my brother's hand-me-down, sweatshirts to a measured tux, and stayed fresh as I guess whichever way you dress it up, I've always felt blessed with the best of luck, and yet cursed with the sense I'm gonna mess it up at some point eventually, then brush it off as if it was never meant to be, every lesson, every crisis, a confidence or dent in my pride, I would fight it with nonchalance but i had to rise above that drone wanna stand like a man better get a backbone but things weren't getting any better back home now the future of my little man's at stake so i'm waiting for the magistrates sitting opposite the lady that i used to love trying to get some matters straight pacing back and forth as they vacillate and debate over my son's upbringing listen i didn't come here for mudslinging because if everyone's flinging it's the mud that we sink in i just think he needs his actual dad not a quick man D's in the bachelor pad and luckily they made the right choice and everything around faded into white noise now I don't even recognize what that sound is I put a low pass filter on that background hiss that white noise it's like static to me
Bye. Uh-huh.